watch a full-length movie on youtube let's with, do that let's do that with michael spiegelman and uh carl carl come in carl love that song it's an earworm that's your song that's a theme song by carl drew Harmon's in the studio hi drew hi mike hi carl how's it going hey drew good to meet you uh both our fans will remember drew uh <laughs> From our Halloween episode. From the perennial episode that, of course, has been viewed. It was. It was a landmark one because uh, uh, Drew did uh, bring his own movie, and I had no idea. And it was a good movie. That was. It was a killer movie. Spookies. I've got great taste. Amazing taste. Yeah. And you know what was nice? It was that Spookies wasn't really racist, which was kind of yeah. like when I heard the title, I said, I don't know. Carl, how are you, man? How is Carl? Carl is a comedian from New York, uh, yeah. from the greater New York area, Hoboken yeah, adjacent. Crazy. <laughs> New Jersey and adjacent. Yeah, it's tri-state. Uh, how are you, man? All right, doing good. Glad to be here. You picked a great movie today. I know, I have my fortune. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, uh, and you're going to listen to watch the movie with us and listen to the podcast. And uh, we do this live every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm. You just go ahead to a browser of your phone, and you can listen to it live. You could go to miniradio.fm and pick up our podcast feed, conveniently abbreviated at W-L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Or, for even more convenience, go to iTunes and look up L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> or go to the website, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com, where we'll have the movie embedded as well as the podcast, and you can watch it on your browser. There you go. It's like uh, like that Flaming Lips record where you have to have like multiple things ready to play at the same time. And oh, I uh, had that album. I went to a listening party at Bottom of the Hill for that. Oh, really? I, we got that. I was in uh, college at the time, so I had to get a. We had a. I had a couple of friends that were very into it, so we had to get like a handful of uh, of disc boom boxes, and that's right. how we we listened to it. I don't think we had it exactly synced up, but also like we all did a bunch of bong rips before <laughs> we hit play, and it all made. It still all made Zaruka, sense. I think the album was called. It was a four CD. Zyrica, or Zyrica. Some, yeah. Something you had like to that. play them all four times, and it was 1990X. So you have to find another CD player. Was yeah. You know, you had to. Be get the community involved because you had to ask your neighbor to come yeah, join Yeah, it was a you. community thing, man, that you yeah. need to have the world together. To, and, of course, now you can just find, I, I'm guessing on YouTube, someone yeah, you put them all together. Discs, so, and yeah. then you could just play them in four different browsers. Yeah. Yeah, right. But it was, uh, the idea of not syncing up was part of the musical experience. But it was fun. It was uh, good. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, exactly like that. This is a Zurika <laughs> podcast <laughs> movie. Time I, last yeah. time I had Flaming Lips, it, it, was, it was syphilis. It was syphilis. Are you sure you weren't eating flaming hot Cheetos that gave you flaming lips? They had not made them in 1993. So uh, syphilis, syphilis found Carl Halt. 
Oops, Carlisle. Uh, so, Love Finds and the Hardy is the movie we're going to watch, uh, and that is on YouTube. So, uh, it's thick and simple. Listen to the podcast, and when we say go, we'll all watch this movie on YouTube together. Uh, so, go ahead to YouTube. Uh, you can find that. You know where to find your YouTube. So, go ahead, get your YouTube on. That would be <laughs> HTTP colon backslash backslash www.u. You first have to find an internet cafe in your neighborhood. Yes. All right. So we are going to find love. So go to the search engine of YouTube and type love finds Andy Hardy. And uh, uh, Carl, do you have a particular uh, subscription page that you're using? No. I just put in love finds Andy Hardy and I see the drugstore scene. I'm trying to find a full... I thought I saw a full... Here we go, yeah. This is uh, Gravitas Ventures has it. Uh, it's kind of in the middle. That's always awkward when they have a full-length movie, but it's like this eighth listening on, in the search. Gravitas Ventures found it. Okay, so look for Gravitas Ventures. They're hosting us. This six years ago, they've had it. So we're going to click the link and then hit pause immediately. So we'll buffer. And then we're going to go ahead and watch. We'll listen to a little bit of it uh, just to sync everyone up for fair use reasons. And have you, do you know these movies? I do not know these movies at all. This is the first time. So I, I watched the first, like, 60 seconds just to, <laughs> just to get a little little taste. But, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with this one at all. So. I've, I've always heard about this series, but I've never seen one. So thank you, YouTube. And this one is supposed to be the, the finest one. It has Lana Turner, for yeah, fuck's sake. the internet believes that, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, I have my little monitor. Oh, well, you know what? Hang on a second. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to hit the triangle button. Uh, I'll count down, and then Carl will say go, and we'll click when go, Carl says go. Oh, Carl, go, just go ahead. You do the countdown, please. Uh, three, two, one, go! Classic. Oh, that's it. you got to love those old movie intros. Uh, there's something big about to happen. This is going to be a big-time, fun movie you're going to enjoy. Yeah, it's like, did you see those billboards outside? Here they are on your screen. <laughs> that I read, I was reading up on that accent that they used back in the day, the, that high-pitched. So they called it the Atlantic accent. And uh, they started using that so then movies didn't have to be regional. So the stars of the movie wouldn't, like that people would be able to relate to them because no one has that accent so oh. anyone could be that person and then I had uh, I had my nephew my seven year old nephew visiting and I used that voice joking and he started asking me what why do old old movies have that accent and I started explaining well it's the Atlantic accent and movie companies wanted people to use that because they didn't want New York accents to uh, get people to not like the movie or not like the characters and uh, my uh, my nephew faded out of paying attention <laughs> much like everyone does but well, that's that's the reason that that accent exists but it doesn't seem like the same one the, the same neutral accent that we have now no it's it, because it, it's a very silly accent and it sounds very silly like you're you're going up a river without a paddle dame I was watching North by Northwest last night actually and it was uh, he Cary Grant still has that accent a little bit oh here we go oh yeah oh, let's get the sound going sorry I have it plugged in the board there he is Mickey so this is 1938 so this is before World War II so they didn't have to put all this military stuff on Emily, the walls. Where did you ever get a collar like this? <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a radio play, right? 
like Life with Father comic book that was a radio series, and now it's there was 16 of these movies. They, they just churned them out. They would just get these people under contract and just like ding, 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 just roll them through these uh, movies, just one right after the other. Girl, well, the internet told me that that eight of them, right, the first eight, were released within two years. That means once every three months, the sitcom would come on. That's what it exactly feels like, a sitcom. This is like a Netflix series. Yeah, and there's not really special effects or any of that, so you just kind of churn them out and keep keep people coming back for the story. Oh, Andy Hardy is a genie. So there's plenty of special effects in this movie. Oh, he's yeah. a genie. Oh, well now I'm now I'm very excited to see where this goes. <laughs> Andy Handy. More like Andy Andy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Andy Andy. And the, what does it say about uh women's rights at this point <laughs> in nineteen thirty eight? Like, well, he's a genie. Shouldn't a genie be a woman, maybe? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's a man. Women can't even be genies. Yeah. Uh, so let's see, there's some shenanigans going on. They haven't left this uh, staircase yet. This is a nice uh, place they have. Looks like a couple San Francisco uh, houses right now. <laughs> rent is only... Back in, the, in 1938, I wonder what the average rent in San Francisco was in 1938. Well, it was $20 a month, but it came with uh, uh, 20 cups of coffee, 16 steaks. Guys, it wasn't $20 a month. In this movie, right, the premise of this movie is that Andy Rooney, uh, Andy Rooney, Andy Hardy, he puts uh, down $12 on a car, okay, and he needs an additional $8 to pay it off. So he makes this deal that he's going to court this girl for his buddy so that no of the other boys, you know, circle around her. So that means for $20... You had a car. Now, it was used. It was used. But you had a car for 20 bucks. Uh, Yeah. That's that's wild that a car was was 20. Of course, back in the day, then I'm sure that was $20. There's no way I'll get get $20. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Are you kidding me? That's an Andrew Jackson right there. I'll have to I'll have to rob at least three or four banks and speakeasies to get a 10 spot. You might as well be asking me for $50. Well, that's crazy. I've never seen $50 in my entire life in one place. And that whole that whole intro was over a telegram, which I love. It's like, <laughs> hey, I just got a tweet from Andy. Rich uh, people couldn't bathe in money, right? If I'd never seen $50 at one time. <laughs> that's why, like, uh, Scrooge McDuck, his version of wealth is all coins. It's, it's, you, could, you could imagine a bunch of coins, but a big wad of bills yeah, is just no, not, uh, not feasible back when... Uh, when uh, Scrooge McDuck was first envisioned. Well, you know, like, what I always like is when rich people have, like, elaborate furniture to hold their wealth, and Scrooge McDuck has, like, a bottomless pit. <laughs> he just built a money bin. Yeah, he's just... like, tear this wall off, this floor down off, and we'll just uh, make the, the first floor a, a pit. And, and knowing what I know now about money and money management, yeah. then it's a, that's a terrible use of your funds to just leave <laughs> them in a bin, that there's so many ways you could invest that money or loan sure. it out to, uh, to like Richie businesses. Like Rich, Richie Rich had poor friends that he would give to. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those I mean, which kids. is still a terrible investment. <laughs> yeah, right. There's You're a reason they're poor, Richie Rich. Like, you, you should know, you have the name. You should know better than, your, your poor buddy's not going to pay that back do you guys remember jackie joker that was a stand-up comedian friend of richie rich and he had his own uh, i do not <laughs> so it was a he was a stand-up comedian named jackie joker 
and it was Richie Rich's friend was his tagline, and uh, he would go out <laughs> in little adventures, and he would make he would meet up with Richie as well. So. And tell jokes. Does that was that how he got yeah. through capers? Is by telling jokes. He, I, the capers would occur between like driving to gigs. <laughs> by the way, they're in the middle of the street. This is the gag. Oh, I see. I appreciate this homecoming, folks, but could you bring it to the curb? This is quality filmmaking. They took like a fancy hats and decided to film it down the street, like a, down the block. It's a tracking shot. They're doing a, an actual tracking shot down the street. Well, see, Andy should get married at this point. Well, he has a girl, okay? But she's I have going a girl. Away. You're 19 years old and fresh from war. Time to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for, time for a wife Although, and kids. This boom doesn't pass our itself. It's not fresh from a war, right? I mean, depression isn't quite over. Right. World War II has not started. Hey, that explains they the were, top hat. That it's, that it's during the Depression and he's so fancy that he walks around like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's always the exaggeration of, of rich people during that time in movies. Yeah. Wow, that's almost $200. Do try to keep up, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you could furnish three rooms for under 200 bucks. Well, it's shitty furniture. And also, well, you can you can almost furnish a couple of rooms with two hundred bucks if you go to IKEA, and you can get a bag of meatballs that are partially horse meat. So uh, the jo- the joke is that every window display of every store has some maternal uh, 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 baby thing in it, and marriage thing. So, but the joke is that they're still brick and mortar stores. <laughs> <laughs> like the gag now would be like he'll be searching, and uh, as I will say, wedding rigs, family furniture. He'll be trying to swipe on Tinder. <laughs> like, baby cribs. Uh, there's uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Uh, is, is, <laughs> yeah, uh, she looks like it. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a strikingly beautiful woman. I was at the farmer's market that happens at the Ferry Building a couple of years ago on sure. Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah. And it was the kind of thing, like, I've had a few encounters with, like, super famous people or famous people in general. And they just kind of walk by and like, oh, shit, that's that person that right. I'm, that I, whose name I've known for as long as I can remember. That's Elaine. And uh, she was, in person, she is strikingly beautiful. Wow. So Jodie Foster, I was at uh, I was up at uh, Lucas. I was at Skywalker Ranch for a movie screening, which was Load Ranger, right? No, no. that this one was uh, that terrible Miles Davis movie. I only ever get invited oh. to go to those when it's like some terrible movie. Which it sounds. I, we were doing it at the uh, at Wait Skywalker a Sound. Is this, is this the Don Cheadle movie you're calling yeah. it terrible? Miles it, Sound. Yeah, it was not the movie's not very good, but I mean the music doubling down on this. <laughs> the music's amazing, but uh, but it sounded great because we were at Skywalker Sound, so it was uh, it sounded beautiful. But and who else was there uh, that night? Let's see. I think it was my wife came with uh, and Jeff Cleary, uh, the old. I mean the celebrities. Not oh the, no, not it was the, uh, not the little people. <laughs> well, hey, my wife and Jeff Cleary are very well known in their yeah. their particular circles. Listen, um, name drew. It's a very popular person. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Cleary runs two 
two trivia nights around San Francisco now. He used to be the guy that uh, was handling the Docs Lab Monday right, night. Right, yeah. I'm still waiting to hear so. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, that one's all gone now, so you might not hear back from it, that yeah. one. But, um, yeah, but uh, Jodie Foster was there, and I think that was it. Someone said that some director that I should know was there. And Jodie Foster was strikingly beautiful, too? She well, was strikingly beautiful, but small, like yeah. super tiny. She was like, it was like less than five feet tall. I was kind of shocked at how wow. uh, tiny she was. But she was working on the mix for whatever movie. I think it was that, that movie. Money Monster? No, I'm not sure. It was, this was a couple of years. It was right before that Miles Davis movie right. came out. So I, it was ever she had coming out after that, she was working on the oh, mix, cool. the audio mix. So she was just wearing a big baggy sweater, and she just been she was just like taking a break to go watch this movie. I wrote a Twitter joke. I said uh, I went to the I saw a movie and I went to the movie manager and he wouldn't refund my ticket. I said, Well, you, maybe you're the money monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that got was, him. I saw that on. That was a good one. Was yeah, good. thank you. Well, that's why I acknowledged it. So, you know, um, Jodie Foster hasn't met her child. Uh, she's a she's a foster child. She's a foster child. Jodie Foster's child. I'm working on material. <laughs> no, I encourage it. You know, that's the great thing about dad humor. People go, "Oh, dad humor," but they don't understand the real concept of dad humor, which is. Wait till the kids and the kid, the wives leave the room, and it's just dads in the room, and then uh, it gets you know, then it gets really good. Yeah, yeah. it's more than pull my finger. Then yeah, we the puns stop, so you know. I I don't have any kids, but my uh, when my nephew was uh, my niece and nephew were visiting, and they're nine and seven, and uh, I taught my my nephew that uh, a, this guy went by in a really loud motorcycle, and I told my seven year old nephew, so that guy's a douchebag. And he said, "Why is why is he a douchebag?" And I said, "Because he made he's going he's making his motorcycle louder than it needs to be. That makes him a douchebag. Anyone who does that is a douchebag." And then very quickly, he someone would go by in a loud car or a loud motorcycle, and he would say, "That guy's a douchebag." And I said, "Oh, suddenly I understand being a dad. Suddenly, yeah, it right, makes right. sense. I've made a mistake." Yeah. Well, my my sister, who's uh, who is their mother, was not too pleased with that, but uh, I think I gave him a valuable lesson. So. That's and that's the pleasure of being an uncle. <laughs> Different eyes. I would have said like, you know, it's a sack. You put hot water in it. You get in the tub. You squat towards the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm enwrapped. I'm watching the, their dinner. I guess there was no electricity back in 1938 because there's like seven uh, just giant candles on the table, lighting the scene. They would never have this now, right? You know, actually, I, I guess. Uh, you don't have four giant lit candles in a movie scene like that, right? They have to, no. You, you would have never to light it differently. It would need like there would be so many candles. It would be like a um, oh, what's the guy's name who did Pan's Labyrinth and the oh. Guillermo del Toro? Uh, it would be like uh, the scene in in uh, Pan's Labyrinth where she goes into the and has the the creatures sitting at the banquet, and there would be just endless candles. And saw candles. saw that guy eating at the Thai food place. Uh, next to where I live, he was in town for the some director? reason. Yeah, the, the director. He was sitting with the uh, the guy who directed uh, Sean, uh, um, the the zombie movies and uh, the uh, the Cornetto Sean. trilogy. Oh wait a minute! So hang on, uh, Edgar Wright. Yes, you saw Edgar Wright and Guillermo del Toro Guillermo having del dinner Toro? together at, wow. at a Thai food restaurant, and Edgar Wright. Uh, was just uh, just looked like a dude. Guillermo del Toro is very large, and he was. Uh, you're having a little bit of a headphone issue there, but Guillermo del Toro was was eating 
uh, Thai food, much like the bad guy character in some of his movies, would consume. <laughs> thing he was it was not a it was not a pretty sight the guy was uh he makes amazing movies and could use better uh dinner etiquette allegedly 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 yes allegedly well it's official my headphones are stuck in the rolling chair so <laughs> <laughs> it's, David Bowie was in that labyrinth so. all right there we go all right well I will deal with this later uh anyway so uh where is he that has a payphone in there? I guess he's working. Oh, thanks. Oh, Drew Harmon to the rescue. This is kind of the mishaps I have when I uh, work in an office as well. <laughs> I've been using, uh, I use Bluetooth headphones now. It's just, just, it's delightful. Yeah, we don't have Bluetooth here. No, I, I can take a look around this place and say that I can safely say that there is no no Bluetooth <laughs> happening in this place. <laughs> this this uh, mixing board looks like uh, some sound man did a bunch of blow off of it in the seventies. Uh, <laughs> like like this this board was in the room while Thirty Eight Special played several times. <laughs> And there was a mound of cocaine on it at some point. I want to say this is an old soundboard, but it does say property of Fred Flintstone on it. No, Charlie suck. There's a there's a toucan underneath who uh, is peddling it. And if you look down there, he goes, it's a living. Should have been a plumber. My mom wanted me to be a plumber. We are 15 minutes and 33 seconds into this film. And they are... Yeah. Mike, as you know, I usually like to watch ahead of time, but I did not with this one. There just wasn't enough time. Right. Well, <laughs> it's a little late. So I um, went and saw a bunch of clips. And I got to tell you, we're missing out a lot not hearing the audio because this, this uh, uh, Rooney here, he is animated. He is. Oh, by the way, this movie made him a star, a, right. a real superstar. But the thing is, it hurt him later because. For the next 10 years, that's all he got cast in, you know? People were not interested in him and anything else. As you know, he got away from that, but for a well, long time, that hurt him. You know, I had a, I've, I checked out a library of biography of Mickey Rooney, and I, not only did I not read the book, but I spilled coffee on the spine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, went to the, I had to go to the front desk of the main branch, and I said, do I have to pay for this? And the librarian lifted it up and looked at it for like five seconds. Uh, that's okay. And I was like, "You, the fate was in your hands for those five seconds. Like, I would either have to pay for a new book or I would let it slide. But I was sure, like, Mickey Rooney has the most fascinating life. Uh, I, I have to say, there's some people like Richard Pryor, uh, Mickey Rooney, who's uh, Jerry Lewis, who's lived a million lives, consecutive lives. You know, like the stories that come out of all the things they've done, it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah, he uh, he had this series, and that was then he had you know he's in a lot of shitty movies. He's in a, a John Candy movie called Find the Lady as a gangster from the seventies, like Canadian film. Uh, before John Candy even was on SCTV or something like that, it was a really early film. Uh, wow, course, that is early because that was one of his. I mean, that broke him. Well, they did two movies. It was kind of like Find the Lady, and then there was another one. They're both awful. And they're both available on YouTube, full length. <laughs> we'll see them, I'm sure. They'll pop up. Uh, but 
He was also in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, yeah, of course. He was with... Uh, uh, his partner in that movie was Buddy Hackett. Remember? Oh, and they, yeah. And, and they had Jim Backus. And he was like, you know, I want a drink. Well, what? So uh, it was. he was in that. And he was in Beach Blanket Bingo. He was in a lot of... Remember mother-in-law in that um, mad world? Um, that was Ethel Merman, right? And she was horrible. And she... Everyone's... She, like right to her face, told her how obnoxious she was. <laughs> I felt bad for her sometimes, you know. And then, well, she also has a mama's boy of a son. Who I'm gonna get you, mama. That's right. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Mama. <laughs> Genuine concern. I mean, he's, yeah. Uh, you were saying that Mickey Rooney was also in. Oh, he Babe Pig in the City, which is a distress, the most distressing G-rated movie. He has the he's the old man who has an animal uh, circus, and then yeah. his uh, tenement apartment catches on fire, and he has a heart attack or something like that. That movie is the first Babe is still a favorite of mine. That's like my go-to if I feel like I just want to have a good cry. That's the movie I put on because that last part. When the the farmer looks at the pig and says, that'll do, pig. Right. The way yeah. he delivers that line and like you've gone through everything with those two. The only people that believed in them were each other. Oh, that one just hits. But then Babe Pig in the City was like, it was, it, for me, it was like almost as big a departure as like Blair Witch Project, the original one, and then Blair Witch Book of Shadows. Which like I what? See, I've seen the sequel, not the original. You've never seen the original? No. <laughs> it's, well, it's like such a departure. I have the reboot. I'm going to watch it tonight. I actually, I Wait, just I watched that one recently. Re- yeah, no, I never did. And you know, my brother... The original uh, Babe, though? Or, no, the or original uh, Blair Witch. I've seen the original Babe. And I love oh. Babe Pig in the City because it's so dark. I and mean, it's like every wrong turn. It's like a city movie where the city kid just gets crapped on the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of despair. Now, but Mickey Rooney's in that, too. Mickey Rooney had like a lot of triple and... and a lot of different careers. I mean, he's known for uh, advertising, and he's also known for uh, elder abuse. Do you know that story, Carl? When he was no, old. was he the victim? Yeah, well, okay. that was the accusation uh, in the last couple of years of his life that he was that uh, family members were abusing him. You're you're right that he lived a lot of lives. Yeah, and the one we're seeing right here, him dancing with his mom playing Andy, that was one of them. For time, you know, everywhere he went, hey, Andy, you know. Right. Well, you know, he... Mickey for, Ro- a lot of people, that could have been the beginning and end of their career, you know, but he went on. Mickey Rooney is also known for be- having several different wives, for being married a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, it was him, Elizabeth Taylor, Johnny Carson. He married Elizabeth Taylor? No, no, they're, they're, they wouldn't get married and divorced and remarried a lot. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Whatever the term is. Well, you got to trade out sometimes. <laughs> the uh, the line, Cary Grant's line in North by Northwest, which I watched last night. I hadn't seen it in years, but his line of like, "I have a mother, two ex wives, and several bartenders that are reliant on me." It's such a great line. <laughs> I love that movie. That and, was a great film. But you know, the problem is, is like every movie since then is the same exact movie, whether it's Enemy of the State. Or any kind of film where some average show gets mistaken for a spy. Entangled. Yeah. Yeah. So, Drew, you just saw it last night or something, right? Yeah, I had seen it in my early 20s, but it's been like 15 years since I... My wife had never seen it, so uh, it was... I I picked up a Criterion edition of it or something at at Amoeba Uh and popped it in last night. Oh, that's a good idea. 
Cool. Now, it's fresh in your mind, so I want to ask you. Like, when they got to Mount, um, is it Mount Rushmore? Yeah. And, um, okay, so he's, he now knows that the woman was a liar, right? And so he's confronting her for the first time in that, like, cafeteria area. What a little girl he is. <laughs> he's like, ah, you broke my heart, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, he must be from the Atlantic. Man up, dude, especially in your day and age. Well, and at that point, he he was putting like because then they had it all plotted out that he's supposed to look like he gets killed. So then the bad guy has uh, that now they think he's gone. He's al- already playing a character that is essentially a person that doesn't really exist. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's there is part of that, but yeah, he definitely hams it up when the at some point the main villain does say something about how uh, you, I think you. Need to stop. They need to stop sending you agents to uh, FBI and CIA training, and send you to the actor studio because he he <laughs> take, he plays everything to the hilt so hard. Yeah. Martin Landau, right? You just saw him. Oh yeah, it's oh, he's great in that movie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's creepy. He plays a, a that uh, creepy dude. It's funny to see him so young because my favorite of him will always be uh, Ed Wood. He's just so great in that. But you know, the, the North by Northwest. It's like he's the average man. But he's Cary Grant, and that's like every Hollywood movie. It's like uh, Tom Hanks gets mistaken. You know, Cameron Diaz gets trapped with a super spy in night and day. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just an average girl. No, she's not. She's Cameron fucking Diaz. That's the reason why I'm watching this movie. Yeah, and like Cary Grant in the movie, he has seems to have an endless amount of money in his wallet that he can continue <laughs> to be on the run. And he's like, at one point, he's like getting a suit pressed. I'm like, what kind of person on the run is in a four star hotel like <laughs> calling down like, how fast can you get my suit pressed? I need my I need a, yeah, I need a fresh shine of wax on my on my shoes. And give me a receipt while you're at it. Yeah, I want a paper trail. <laughs> <laughs> I have to audit my taxes later on. This yeah, I'm gonna, need to, I'm gonna need to itemize this for the IRS when I'm finally done running for my life as a as a wanted murderer. Life went slower, right? Things moved slower back then. We're coming to get ya. Oh, on getting ready. Uh, well, yeah, you have to like go like 30 miles to the payphone to call, and you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and I I wondered like. I I wondered he must like he could run a credit card, but that would put him on the grid. But then it's not like today where it goes into a machine and you're no. and it goes. It's like they have to do that that paper thing a kachunk kachunk, right? And then someone has to process like in like submit that to the bank. So it's like it's gonna take it'll take twenty four hours before that is even any notice. Because no. you could like you could rack up a credit card so fast and they wouldn't know it was over the limit unless That's they called right. the company. Sure, because it has to, the wire has to transfer and yeah. all that. But, you know, it's also the technology. There's always a scene where they, they break into the password. But Cary Grant just took, like, a paper pad and a pencil and just, like, scratched the pad until the phone number appeared. Yeah. You know, Voila. That, that was, like, hacking it. That was in Big Lebowski, <laughs> yeah, too. The Big, Big Lebowski did the same thing. Lebowski uh, finds a paper pad. And <laughs> yeah, <just> see, <laughs> with much different results. Much different results. Oh, oh so great because you've been there in a movie whether it's Colombo or what you're talking about or North by Northwest yeah. you've been there before so you know he was going to about to find out some serious information <laughs> boy yeah that was definitely uh, made me laugh there was going to be a Big Lebowski too I mean we're talking about North by Northwest and Big Lebowski we're watching a movie right there was going to be a Big Lebowski too but it got cancelled did you guys hear about that I remember I've, I mean it's wrecked. Yeah, it's it's popped up a few times. 
uh, I don't know if it, if I would really want to see I've a never sequel heard that. to that. And uh, I did hear that John Turturro was supposedly he oh, is working yeah. on a script for for his so the Jesus character. would have yeah. a would have some sort of follow up to that. Although I don't know how many people want to go see a movie about a convicted pederast. To be, to uh, be honest, the the Fargo TV series kind of plays off the same like motifs and characters from all all those movies, including Big yeah. Lebowski. So for me, that's fair. That's the biggest spinoff I can I could ask for. Yeah, you know? it would kind of be uh, a shame. By the to go way, back. he's. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I oh, saw yeah. this clip on the. Yeah, he he's he's out of the house now. He's locked out, and I don't know. It he's, was funny when I was watching. It, well, because he's in his mom's nightgown, and he's locked outside the house. Well, there's nothing funnier than a man in a woman's nightgown. <laughs> the thing is, there's a, supposed to be a girl next door who happens to be Judy Garland, by the way. But yeah. she, she comes in uh, on a vacation here. Where is she? She should have been in the first 10 minutes of the film, you know, according to the rule. But she shows up later. Was she the woman singing? Uh, no, she is uh, like a 13 year old. She's really 16 in real life, but she's a 13 year old next door neighbor. <laughs> is that what you and told the judge, Carl? What? That she told you she was sixteen. That she played. Oh, no, that's what I told the judge. Yeah, really, she was thirteen. But no, Your Honor, she said she was sixteen. Anyway, in this thing, she's thirteen and she falls in love with Andy, and so she sort of chases Andy around, and Andy's like, whatever, until Andy sees her sing, and then his heart goes thump 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 thump. thump. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna fall for three girls in this. There's four girls who like Andy in this film. It's funny. Oh, this is so. It's his girlfriend. It's Judy Garland, it's Lana Turner, and of course Courtney Lana Love. Lana Turner. And, and Courtney Love. Courtney Love finds <laughs> Courtney uh, Love. Courtney Love uh, finds Andy Hardy. How come, wait a minute, we have Love Finds Andy Hardy, but this says Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. Which movie are we watching? Um, Love Laughs at Andy Hardy was like 1958. We are watching the right movie on this. Okay, because... Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Holy cow, are... Are we watching the wrong film? Are we watching the wrong film? It says Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. All right, we're watching Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. Oh, no. no, man. I I didn't do any research on this movie. No, you saw this scene. Fuck, because I was like, there's 16 of these movies. I've never seen any of them. I do know that Judy Garland shows up, and I do know that, hey, let's put on a show. That comes from these movies. Oh, okay. And like, I wanted to see it, and I thought, well, if she appears in three of them, we might as well watch the first one. Which is love? Love finds it, Andy no, Hardy. No, family affair. Huh? Is the very first one. 1937, family affair. It was uh, started the series off. This is based on a play. This happened on a previous episode where I thought we were going to watch loose screws, and we wound up watching screwballs. <laughs> <laughs> or no, vice versa. I wanted to see screwballs, and I wound up watching loose screws, screwballs too. Well, if it's any consolation, we've been talking over most of it. So Yeah, we should get back to this movie. So he's climbing up a uh, garden uh, ivy fence on the side of the wall. Oh, here comes a copper. Oh, Mike, darn, darn, darn. I have all these facts about the movie here. Tell me, tell me, me the facts. Go ahead, tell me. Movie. Tell me, I want to hear it. Tell me your facts. Okay, well, it's about a different movie called uh, Love, Finds, uh, and Andy Hart. Well, anyway, it was one quarter of the budget of MGM that, I mean, um, the profits of MGM that year. So, like, this, you know, that movie hit it big for uh, MGM. I would say the, like, million-dollar figures here, but they're pathetic in our money. Really? No, it's not necessarily. 2.2. 2. 
people would go spend a uh, dollar in the movie theater. That would be five cents for the movie, five cents for a down payment of the car, five cents <laughs> for a down payment of their house. Five cents. Because it's going to cost me. Uh, then they had like a sack of groceries. That's half a bit right there. Yeah, that's half a bit. Yeah, I know I have to write the other bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need What's two loaves internet? of Wonder Bread, some whole milk, a jar of full-fat peanut butter, <laughs> 18 sticks of butter, a big jar of gravy. <laughs> we saw them at the dinner table. Now they're at the kitchen table. And the kitchen table looks like a little bit more convenient place to eat. Do they really need a dinner table in their house? Everyone, but they all had, everyone had dinner tables, but kitchen tables too, that yeah. uh, you would have multiple places. So if you had eat. guests, you would take them to the dining room. Yeah. But if you were just living day to day as a family, you would just go eat in the kitchen. Like you don't have breakfast. I guess you do. In these movies, you do. You have different places yeah. that you're that you're eating because you have nothing but time, and yeah, you have a nook or some sort of spot where you'll you'll sit down and have breakfast. Down the backyard. Yeah. yeah, and it's like then you you light up a light up a Lucky Strike and casually get into the <laughs> office at ten, drink seventeen martinis, and then get back in your car and drive home at five. It's a it's a glorious lifestyle. It was great in 1938. Oh, a lot of the cars were designed to hold liquor bottles. <laughs> you know, they called the, the Fatty Arbuckle Express. You could just drive from LA to San Francisco, no time flat. They'd be like drinking and drowning. Drinking and driving is frowned upon mm-hmm. because you could spill your drink. It's <laughs> so, so thank I you. Wouldn't advise it. That joke, courtesy of Carl's uh, bar room cocktail napkin. <laughs> Are you reading cocktail napkin jokes? I I I I I. I made that up. No, I'm fucking kidding with it. I feel like that was on some sort of like, uh, some sort of Paps Blue Ribbon or Schlitz, like aluminum sign that was yeah. available for bars that when they no, put it on the walls. Oh, yeah, that's probably what it was. It was probably one of those um, dumb guy things, you know, you can spill your drink. I'm sure I didn't make that up. What was it? You can spill your drink. Drinking and no, driving is discouraged because oh, you, you might spill your drink. I saw one that said like, <laughs> Alco- drinking alcohol on this premises is strongly encouraged. Like were, <laughs> I was at a bar last night, Murphy's uh, Pub. Oh, yeah. And uh, they had a lot of, like, uh, beer. It's what's for dinner signs. And it's always, like, the ironic 50s guy, uh, 40s guy, you know. It's like, yeah, it's that fun spot of, like, alcoholism is fun. <laughs> isn't it a fun jaunt through your liver? It's, uh, I, was, I was watching uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, great some point movie. recently. Yeah, great movie, and uh, it's I had not remembered because I used to watch. I watched that movie a bunch when I was a kid, right. and then to see it again as an adult, I did not realize how much his alcoholism plays such a major role <laughs> in his character throughout the entire movie, and it gets referenced. Like everyone knows he's a drunk. Uh, Bob Hopkins. Yeah, Bob yeah. Hopkins. So, so good. It just that goes over your head. I mean, yeah, you were so young. Well, it's a type, you know, he's like this detective who just has these quirks, and then yeah. you, when you actually see it later, you're like, oh my god, this well, guy. Well, and at one point, when he comes out of the bathroom and he doesn't have a shirt, uh-huh. and I saw, you see that, and of course, it's, that was like 1988 or 89 or something, and he comes out, and he has hairy shoulders, and he's like, he's not he's not a fat guy, but he's right. like, you know, he's kind of... He's a roundhouse. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a... Kind of a he's a sturdy dude, and you think they would never put a guy like this 
in the main role of a movie, especially when they know he's going to come out with his shirt off, it would be, they would put someone who's like 35 years old. Chris Evans. Yeah, it'd be like Chris Evans and like, okay, you're not going to shave yeah. for a little bit and then we'll just kind of trim that down. This is a movie that has intellectual property characters of two biggest corporations. They're not yeah. going to have like this, you know, Bob Hopkins Oh God, guy. yeah. Bob Hopkins would not, he would get to voice like a turtle in Toontown <laughs> yeah, right. for 30 seconds at this point now. And they would just have Chris Evans like, okay, you're going to have a five o'clock shadow. We're going to put a little darkness under your eyes for the opening scene just so everyone knows you're tired and drunk. <laughs> and all the, all the hair on your body is going to get shaved off because we're going to have to take your shirt off multiple times. You know, there's something like that in the movie we were going to see, uh, Love Fine Band. <laughs> yes. Because sexual harassment today, there were, there were two things in there that just wouldn't fly, right? Wow. And so I highlighted that to tell you. Yeah, please, because so, it's ironic. It would be entertaining for this podcast when we watch movies ironically. But however, <laughs> we're not watching this movie. So please tell me what the irony of the Dude, f- attended film was. Well, you see, there's, there's this girl, Cynthia, who loves to kiss, 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 kiss. And there's this girl, Polly, who like never wants to kiss him. So he's... He's saying, um, so he goes and sneaks a kiss on Polly, and she goes, why, Andy, you forced that kiss on me. And she accuses him. And then uh, Andy replies, sometimes those are the best cats. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, okay, Mr. Rooney, we're ready to shoot the, uh, the scene. So this is not that movie because I was hoping to see Lana oh. Turner. That was another reason why I wanted to see this movie because I find her hot. There, I said it. <laughs> She's um, a hot bowl of Judy beeswax, Garland, she is. Judy Garland was very sexy in this movie and the thing is, that's inappropriate. She's 16, but really, she's like a fox. Yeah. Well, not this movie. Wait, in L.A. Confidential, right? Doesn't that uh, like... Uh, Kevin Spacey accuses Lana Turner of being like a cut-rate whore. Who's, uh, no, well, it's Kim, was, um, Kim Bassinger. Is, no, but uh, Kim Bassinger, was, she was uh, crafted no, to look like Veronica Lake. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's two cops, right? It was Kevin Spacey, but who's the other guy who does Memento? He's oh, Guy Pierce. Pierce. Guy Pierce. Okay, right. It was Guy, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is pissed off. He's really on the hunt for this, you know, the, the moon owl killings or whatever. So... He goes, he busts in there, and Kevin's basically like, be chill, could be calm. And it's a, a guy who, like, cuts women, you know, plastic surgery to make them look like stars, and that's how they make the money. Right. So that's what he assumed. And and he was yelling at the guy, and he goes, some cut-rate whore, cut to look like uh, Lana Turner. And then she splashes alcohol in his face, and he's all embarrassed. He goes, that was Lana, that is Lana Turner. <laughs> 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 Well, then they go out to the car, and it's all awkward, because Spacey does not like a guy. Right. You know, they're having tension. Yeah. He's a young upstart. You get in the car, and they look at each other, and they just crack up. Like, they couldn't help but laugh. It, for the rest of the movie, they were friends. Yeah, well, that was like the comic relief scene in that entire movie. <laughs> then it's back to shooting cops. Cops yeah. shooting yeah, a civilian. Uh, that was a good film. Why? I mean, it has all the trappings of, it was, of crap. Well, I would love the novel. I mean, I could go on and on how great that book is, but the movie's good. It's the ending is one of those classic Hollywood endings where if someone happens to get you know eight or more bullet uh, wounds, you'll see them. They might have bandages. <laughs> the last scene but doesn't even okay. have the classic like the arm in a, <laughs> a in sling. a sling thing. 
that no one nowadays ever has. A lot of these movies we've been watching on this on this uh, podcast, uh, when there's any action scenes with guns, and they shoot the bad guys, the bad guys go, oh, and they fly off and they land. But when the good guy gets shot, there's a bullet wound, and that they slow down a bit, and blood starts right. to trinkle out. And I'm hit. I'm, I'm hit. We sit down. Okay, I'll make it. Everyone else just immediately drops dead and there's bloodlessly right. die. But you know, once you get hit, you're like, oh, oh well, the melodrama of being shot and like it's right. the, you know, and they they recover at the so end. True. Yeah, and to re- reference uh, L.A. Confidential again, Kevin Spacey's death in that movie. Yeah. A uh, spoiler alert for a. 20-year-old movie uh, might be one of his best bits of acting because it wasn't like he didn't do a, like a super dramatic death. It was just kind of a slow fade out and then you just see the lights in his eyes go go dark. It's, yeah, it's fantastic acting. And, you, and, that and that's the best scene because the last words are, take my acting class available online <laughs> kevinspacey.com He has acting classes. Do Does he really? Yeah. So you could be Kevin Spacey. Uh, Val Kilmer, in some interview, said that he had took acting classes with Kevin Spacey back in the day. And he said he couldn't, uh, he wasn't a very good actor. But it's also Val Kilmer, who is kind of insane, yeah, so who knows? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's true. All right, so so this guy, we're watching this movie. They've been staring out of uh, uh, shop windows this entire movie. Like, I guess that was uh, the fashion, is to go out on the sidewalk and look in the windows of stores and pine for the items. Window shopping. Now, you see the guy talking to, to Mickey, right? Right. He's like, or Andy, he is like, um, I'm a college boy, like a stereotype back in the day. Because he, does he go to W? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big, the college Look at this. sweater. Look tele, Western Telegra- Union Telegraph office. This is such a Twitter moment. Some of, this place is called Carvel, you know, something. And nobody knows the state. Oh. And, yeah, so... There's a little buzz on the internet trying to find out, you know, where was this film? Was it Ohio? Was it, you know? It's a studio lot, it looks like. I mean... Truman Show. Excuse me, in the story of the movie, which the public would know. Where is this um, uh, Carvel city? You know, I think it was Ohio. I'm not sure, but there was a controversy about it on the internet. It's a lot more interesting when I read it than what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Is it property of Fred Flintstone? Oh, well, it's, I'm sure they kept it vague, and uh, in the hopes that it's like it could be every town USA, and then the rumor right. is Ohio, and mm-hmm. so all the all the people in the flyover states know they've got a got a friend in old Andy here, out having his adventures just like they do in their small towns. Yeah, this is now. So let's let's figure this out. Archie, when did Archie come out? Archie Comics. Ooh. <laughs> So was it like before? I mean, like if this if this series started it's in the third, after. it came it was after. It in Princeton, New Jersey, and it was a comic book, and it it started in the fifties. At least it got super famous in the fifties. Maybe it started earlier. Oh, I see. But do you think? I mean, it seems like they they uh, watched a lot of Andy Hardy films. Like there was uh-huh. that Archie was inspired by Andy Hardy. If if because it's it's the same kind of like well, I mean Archie is a lot more popular. I'm uh, I'm googling Archie Comics because now I want to know. I want to know like how founded in 1939. That's this time. Yeah, that's one year late. Oh, actually, I don't know what this film is. Uh, Yeah, fuck this film. This bastard (laughs) film. 
The company began in 1939 as MLJ Comics, which primarily published superhero comics. The initial Archie characters, Archie, Betty, and Veronica, were created in 1941 by publisher John L. Goldwater and artist (laughs) Bob Montana. In collaboration with writer Vic Bloom, you can just see all the cigar smoke in the room with these guys. That was your Atlantic voice? That is my Atlantic voice. (laughs) Smoke Chesterfield cigarettes. Chesterfield. Nine out of ten doctors say they're good for your bone strength. (laughs) All right, so uh, Mickey Rooney is very short. He's a tailor shop, and he's... He's how rude! This is such a Twitter Five moment. He's like he the, the guy is measuring him, and he's like, "Hang on a second. He goes into a payphone, a pay booth, and uh, a payphone booth, and uh, starts making a call. It's kids back then, they're so rude. So rude yeah. with their phones. These with kids their, with their phones. It's just it's always been that way. They just can't get off of it. Yeah, it's so true. Back then, texting was so annoying because you'd have to go. <laughs> <laughs> You had to go to the Western Union Telegraph office. You had to wait in line. Then you had to go tell the guy what you wanted to say. Bring your nickel. I uh, I took my niece and nephew to the Exploratorium here in San Francisco, and there's a Morse code thing, and they had never even heard of that. So nice. you could you can do the show them like you make the noises, and they were both of them have had have had iPads since they were several years old. So right. like the thought that someone could not write emails and stuff like that <laughs> is just shocking to them that someone like, oh, this is how people communicated across the world for for decades. Right. Like, beep, 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 and at beep, the beep, time beep. it was ingenious. Yes. Well yeah. Well back then it was SOS, now it's L O L, so there you go. <laughs> OMG that's all they need to, you need to know. You do need to know SOS and Morse code, but that's all you need. Well, I mean, you can, Morse code is kind of cool. I learned that in Boy Scouts. I was pretty proud of that. I don't think I could listen to it, but I knew what the code was. <laughs> I memorized all 26 uh, uh, characters and the numbers. And how to make a, uh, a marijuana pipe with a Coke can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the secret. Dot, 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 And so the sound is like dot, dot, and then duh, duh for dash or something like that. Like when you, when you say it, I don't think you're supposed to say dot, dash. You're supposed to say like dot, duh, or something like that. Oh, it's just get it, just cut to the core of it. Yeah. Like that's the... Well, duh. <laughs> that's like the professional Morse coder. All right, so here it is. It's the new co-op lingerie shop. Name this store $75 prize. Lingerie, I would say, like, legs. Ladies love legs. $75? Let's see his reaction. Like, it's the, how much is... It seems that arbitrary. That guy in Tintin comic. Yeah, the guy riding the mule holding the sign. Yeah. Name this star. Back in the day, that was a real thing. Like a guy could be out there with a goat. Do you think they were homeless? You know, Do you think they like put signs on homeless people and say, "Can you walk around town and we'll give you a dollar if you wear this this sandwich board"? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's the equivalent of like the the sign spinners. Yeah, the these signs. days yeah. you just wear the sandwich board. There was a story about one company, startup company had paid homeless to walk around with Wi-Fi uh, receivers or whatever. So I they, remember that yeah. story. Yeah. Listen, is he Jewish or crazy? He's wearing a college beanie. He's an undergraduate. That explains the beanie. Looks like the, the 
the circus is big tent. <laughs> it, it looks like his bar mitzvah is going to start in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Baruch! <laughs> Which is the same height as the girl. <laughs> yeah, he, he's about the height of a 13-year-old. God bless him. R.I.P. Five foot one. He would never... He would be a character actor his entire life. He would never be the uh, star of a movie nowadays. It just would not happen. He had, he was in a sitcom with uh, Dana Carvey and uh, uh, some other Michael Keaton where they were like Hollywood guys and their grandfather joined them in their apartment or something like that. They went to, they all went to the same college or something like that. And they had like a sexy co-ed a neighbor. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll, we'll play the theme song before we get out of here <laughs> since we, we picked the wrong Andy Hardy movie. See, I was like hoping like Andy Hardy had like an unfortunate detour, and then we could ironically watch the racist Andy Hardy episode or the, <laughs> you know, sexist Andy Hardy episode. But I think they're all just consistently perfect. bland, you know. Andy Hardy explains things to gay to dames. Andy, look what you did to my sheets. You put three holes in it. <laughs> Wait, is that a Jewish joke? Well, there is a hole in the sheets, but I was trying to make a clans joke, but now it does sound like a Jewish joke. All right, so while this movie goes on, Drew, I'm going to go ahead. Wait, that, is a, that could be a clan joke. Like, there's three holes. Like, right. Two at the eye and then one way down. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's an Amish tradition? It, well, yeah, there's it's a... Jewish a, tradition. Yeah. There's oh, a, yeah, that's right. Oh, Night in the Museum. Night at the Museum, Mickey Rooney. That's, like, huge. Yeah, the yeah. Van Dyke. Uh, yeah, yeah the, right, the so... Older, so even like the generation that grew up on Night in the Museum knows who Mickey Rooney is. It's amazing. So let me find out what uh, TV show. God, there's so many credits if you go to IMDb. Uh, but he had a TV show in the early 80s. It was not called Fox and the Hound. Bill, that's right, he did a TV movie called Bill. Oh, Black Stallion, I saw that one movie. Black Stallion, right. 1979. The Care Bears movie. Look how they're both wearing their college beanies. Like, yeah. If they only knew how embarrassing that sh- they should feel, how embarrassing <laughs> they should feel, it's perfectly normal. Okay, so the show called "A Year at the Top," and that's what we'll 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 uh, play the theme song at the end. Or if you know what, maybe I'll just play it right now. Hang on a sec. Seventy-five bucks. <laughs> a year at the top. We're gonna make it. Oh, we're going to make it so big, we're going to be so famous, and here's a grandpa who's living with us. Okay, so. Oh, no, this is something different, I guess. Huh. He's got the $75 sign. He had the balls to take it off of their wall. Say, so, you won't need this anymore, ma'am. <laughs> I'm the winner. He went to the guy with the mule and he's like, listen, you're really like a 30s equivalent of a homeless person, aren't you, sir? I'm going to take your sign. The guy's like, where's my dignity? You took my dignity. Because he would just mock the homeless. It was terrible. But in the in that era with the Depression, it must have been super common for people to have uh, Yeah, because it was be work, homeless. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they say, hey, if you walk around, we'll give you a nickel. If you, I see you have a mule... Why don't we just put an ad on there? Yeah, let's yeah. let's hang it. Let's get some uh, get some ad time because nothing gets people's attention. Nothing draws the eyes like a jackass. <laughs> nothing draws the nose like a homeless. Well, also advertisement. They had to have a mule walk around the city streets <laughs> <laughs> to promote it. It's like mule shit all over the streets for what? To advertise chewing gum? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, maybe so, we should have uh, maybe the startups around San Francisco should start putting ads on the homeless people's tents, like under the freeway. Just you oh. drive by and like, oh, it's Twilio. I wonder what that's all about. Oh, that guy's <laughs> that guy's urinating on a fence. What's the what's the website where uh, you say, oh, a scary person is outside my house, and the uh, the racist one next door. So next, next door, door. Could, yeah, they could have a little sign like that. See me walking around. Tell them, tell your neighbors. You, if you see me in your vicinity and you're not inside an Uber on the way to another bar, then use next door. Next door F. When you see me, let them know. So is this, so who is he talking to right now? It's not Lana Turner, right? I don't know. It could be that. No, it's certainly not Lana Turner. But it could be that oh, colleague the wrong with movie. his regular girlfriend. At least that was, you know, in Andy's. Love finds Andy. What is this one? Like, love throws up on Andy? Love, love, <laughs> love mocks. Love gives Andy a rim job. Because <laughs> I had a perfect joke about Oh, boy. <laughs> Courtney Love finds uh, Courtney Love finds Andy Hardy. Because it says love finds Andy Hardy. That's Where what I t- is she nowadays, this Courtney Love? She's around. She burnt out, didn't she? Is she, is she in a movie? Is she yeah, that's a good question. I think she just kind of she got some the much some much needed mental help and just kind of <laughs> got allegedly. Uh, yeah, not so. Is her daughter? I mean, her and Kurt Cobain's daughter is now in her early twenties, and she's a model and stuff. And I think she just kind of uh, got a little more balanced and did has not uh, felt the need to be a be a loud presence in the world at this point. Didn't Courtney Love get into a big Twitter lawsuit and lost? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, like someone, uh, she got, she was held accountable for something on Twitter. She, oh, I like the, uh, uh, her song Jennifer's Body is a, uh, it's the title of a great bad movie called Jennifer's Body, which yeah. I highly recommend. I love that film. With uh, our friend uh, Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan yeah, Fox. Yeah, yeah, our good friend. Now, do you recommend that I see Jennifer's body? body? Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. When you hear a movie where it's like someone's something, do you go, wow, that sounds like a really active film. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> it, <sounds like> it. <laughs> it doesn't sound detested at all. So Jennifer's body, I didn't realize it was a whole song until later. And then I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Megan Fox has never been like, oh, you got to you got to see her amazing acting. They just like, OK, she's a star. Her name is reference, Megan in this, uh, Jennifer in this movie. Yeah. And reference her body because, yeah, that's what's going to get guys to like, hey, we should go see that the Jennifer's body movie. It should be. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Jennifer's body. Uh, Megan Fox plays Jennifer. <laughs> and I don't think that her name was Jennifer either. I don't remember. It was such a good movie, though. <laughs> no, I love clearly, it. Clearly, clearly had a great impact. I really love that movie. It's it's, it's crazy. So, uh, Annie Hardy's just swimming in the pool with a lady. Yeah, lady in a bathing cap. Connected without the audio. It's so funny. Like he has no problem like being alone with one woman. Oh no, I guess there's men there. That whole story about Mike Pence, his wife saying that he only he refuses oh, yeah. to eat with like oh, if there's only one woman. What is Mike Pence's story? I guess I don't know this. So his wife, Karen, uh, Karen Pence, uh, was in an interview said that uh, he has this rule where he won't, if he's in the company of just solely a woman, he won't dine with them because he he doesn't want to be left alone with a woman. Oh, out, out of chivalrous, it's chivalrous like respect. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, Billy Graham doctrine. It's like you know, okay. it's out of respect of his wife and out of respect yeah. of the young lady. Yeah. It, how uh, how to the Taliban? Yeah. <laughs> how weak does he think his <laughs> his ability to hold back is, or how how strong does he feel like women must be attracted to him? Yeah. To well, think that that needs to be a rule. Do you really think it's because he's fearful he'll do something or something inappropriate will happen? I think it's just for appearances, right? I think initially it's for appearances. Maybe he does. He doesn't want to be tempted. Uh huh. So, like, if he's with Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice and they're they're talking about issues of the day, he wouldn't be able to do bread. it. He can't do it. Uh huh. Well, you know, that's something that upsets my wife about, like, a philosophy within Muslim uh, Islam is that. Um, you know, women shouldn't show their hair and their bodies, et cetera, because it's very sexy. And, uh, you know, a man will just go crazy. I guess they're mad, you know. Well, that, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's a little, it does have some, I'm not going to get into the nuances and complexities of that, but I just want to say that Mike Pence's view is as simple as it can get. You know, like, there's no nuance to that. It's like, it's, it comes off kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. He just, if you're with a woman, uh, in a one-on-one situation, he just turns into a Tex Avery cartoon. <laughs> Auga! And he just can't hold, him, hold himself Heart's back. Bounty. Yeah. Yeah, he becomes Chico Marx. He starts, uh, no, Harpo. He starts grabbing their legs. <laughs> honks around. Oh, yeah. Just... Harpo would chase women. Yeah, he can help If that was on it. TV today, right? Yeah. Because the implication is he's going to take them against their will. And they're running in fear. Which back then was hilarious, but today it'd be like, oh my god, it's rapey. Well, nowadays it'd be an Adam Sandler movie where every woman is played by uh, Tila Tequila and every woman likes him. So, you know, he'll he'll say something to a woman and they'll go, oh, he, he. And any guy and who says, models. hey, this seems a little awkward, he'll just go, wabahoo, and then punch him in the face. <laughs> Problem solved. Entourage. Entourage just had a world full of pretty women, and you could just chase them, and they're, uh, they're just there to get their numbers. And, and they all say yes, and the ones that don't, just take two or three episodes before they say yes. Yeah. Or they're comic relief. Yes. Or, they're, yeah, they're just shrill, terrible women. Yeah. Who, okay, who are uh, too old. 2009. Yeah, it's After a supernatural romp with a satanic emo bath. Hops cheerleader Jennifer. Okay, Megan Fox. She becomes a demon. Okay, add the DVD queue. We'll see what happens. Yeah, oh, it's great. Uh, emo band yeah. sacrifices her to Satan, and she shows up the next day to high school, and it just goes crazy. She plays a high school student, Megan Fox, in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the greatest high school movie ever because, you know... They just, yeah, you know, it just clicks. I, I, I think she's great in that movie. She just had an arc on uh, New Girl, which I still watch, which is still, I think they might have just completed the last season. They haven't renewed it yet, but uh, oh. she was good in that, but they knew they used her very, uh, very sparingly, but wisely on that show, and she was very funny in it. Yeah, she's uh, she's great in Communically. So New so oh, that's uh, someone at the network said, hey, oh shit, I just realized we're still airing New Girl. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it's gotten to be since it was like season six. The show Look is. How short he is! I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh no! Oh, go no, ahead. No. Wow, she, he's she's, tiny. She's a bombshell too. She's like this tall, like you know, Amazonian uh, woman, like from uh, Abbott Costello, Jack and the Beanstalk, tall. You know, like. But he, he does. He's say, on a date with Lurch. <laughs> it just so happens that the stage he stands on makes him taller than the woman in the scene. <laughs> The mic class at his height. 
Oh my god, he is dancing on an elevated stage with her. Oh, there we go. I guess that's the joke. This is how Tom Cruise would look if they didn't use stage tricks <laughs> to make him taller. Yeah, he is short, I hear, but not five one. Not five one. He's he's like <laughs> five 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 six, something like that. Oh. But uh, did you ever see there was a Richard Mulligan uh, Dudley Moore movie that like Edwards did, like Mike and uh, uh, I forgot what it was called, Mike and Mickey or something like that from the eighties, and uh, Dustin. Uh, Dudley Moore's office had this like 80s architecture and one of the things around his desk was uh, an elevated white circle and so in the scene they would be walking around Richard Mulligan and Dudley Moore walking around <laughs> but just so happened that Dudley Moore's office had this elevated track oh. and that's what he was walking on oh. and therefore he was the same size as the late that's Richard Mulligan funny. who was like huge they both <laughs> passed away but you know so I thought that was kind of funny I do like the movie Oscar with uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone because you, he just is short in that movie. Yeah. They don't hide it. They don't do any tricks. He's just, as a comedic actor, just that's the person Cause he, he is. Because he is not like a super tall guy. No, he's not as tall as you expect. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, like, for Rambo, he's not, like, as big as you would imagine. But, yeah. I mean, he was ripped, but it's he's, yeah. you know, five foot six or something. I was, uh, back in college, I was... A reporter for my student newspaper, and I was following the 2000 election. I was on uh, <clears throat> I was on Al Gore's press caravan for a few weeks, and they had John Bon Jovi. He was like going to do. He played music at the beginning of some of these events to get people all pumped up for wow. uh, for Al Gore to come out. Yeah, I wonder why he lost that election. But uh, <laughs> he and we were just sitting. I went to get coffee. At this, they had this little like press area with donuts and coffee, and I went to just go get a cup of coffee, and then realized there's this like big, giant mane of blonde hair, like teased out blonde hair, standing next to me. Yeah, and he's like a foot shorter than I am. I'm six foot two, and I look over and like, oh, who's this guy? And he's in like tight leather pants and a skin tight <laughs> black t-shirt, and like, oh, it's John Bon Jovi getting coffee. But then I was 21 or something, and like I'd never met anyone that famous other than I'd met Bill Clinton, Al Gore, and George W. Bush. You've been name dropping this entire time. I have. This is, hear how important I am. But I mean, I just met. The, I just met these people. They're not close friends of mine by any means. And uh, yeah, I just suddenly see this guy and like, oh hey, how's it going, dude? Like, I dig your music, which I don't dig his music, but it was like, man. <laughs> well, what yeah, are you going to say to John Bon Jovi? Got to be polite. Yeah, you don't want to be like, "Hey, you suck." Hey, John Bon Jovi. Hey, you go up mid dollar Bill Clinton, huh? Yeah. <laughs> to the highest bidder. Uh, well, you know what? It's one of the boys. That is the sitcom I'm thinking of that has Mickey Rooney in it. Oh, that seems like a better title of like one of the boys. An energetic grandpa is invited to move out of his <laughs> retirement home and into the cool pad of his college uh, student grandson. Oh, and his yeah. Stars Mickey Rooney, Dana Carvey, Nathan Lane. Uh, one season, 1982. I was going to say, that sounds like early 80s with Nathan Lane. Yeah. Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. It was 13 episodes. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good run for yeah. what was no doubted, no doubt a oh, well, steaming one, pile of crap. Olympia Dukakis was in an episode. Cleavon Little was in two. Mike has stories about Olympia Dukakis. Olympia Dukakis, uh, well, she, she uh, in our hometown, had a, she lived in the area and had a theater called the Whole Theater Company in Montclair. And, uh, you know, her family... Wait, didn't she just have a half of the theater company? 
<laughs> it was a whole theater company. Oh, oh she oh, shared it with someone, okay. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I, I kind of, her husband. Tell stories. Well, her story was Louis Louis Zorich, uh, her husband, who was in uh, he was the the Greek diner owner in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Okay, and he was uh, at the end of Dirty Ron Scoundrels. He was one of the dupes that they uh, roped in, uh, and he was a great guy. And he would take the bus into New York with my father. They would commute together, so that's that's how I know basically know them. Uh, and she's they're both. No, terrific. but she was in. She also lived in our. You knew her daughter, right? No, I knew the, I knew their sons. Okay, well, there was this one time you said to a sibling, "Okay, like keep the um, something like the aftershave away from Olympia or something like that when you're saying goodbye." Uh, I've never talked to you ever, ever again. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, my thumb. No, 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 no. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know what you're talking about. That's you know, I can picture Mike's childhood home in Mike's <laughs> mind, and Mike, you don't have a dining room. No, I did, we did have a dining room. There was where the piano was in the foyer. Right. The kitchen. Right. The room where it was like doctor's warning. Right. That was, uh, we shot a uh, public access TV show. Oh, yeah. And I had a doctor's warning where uh, I, I, I gave a disclaimer and then I proceeded to drink a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Which was iced tea, but you know, oh. And we aired it on TV. Yeah. Nobody uh, objected. But there was no dining room there. Uh, you had the porch that was spent um, on, with the nets uh, outside. Yeah. Did you have a dining room? Yeah, we had a dining room. Uh, it was to the right of that when you came in. So anyway, uh, this is this has been a really exciting memory lane. I, I might have said something offensive to somebody that I regret later in life, but other than that, I don't I don't recall that. <laughs> you know, I've said some things I don't I'm not too proud of. But I don't. I don't think that I'm was it. I'm proud of your most. These are your most hard moments. To be no, you, Carl. This is a wrong tree to bark up. But uh. okay, okay. <laughs> oh, th- see, now I'm getting interested. Yeah, Before, right, I was like, yeah. I was just like, eh, no big deal. Now it's Mike's. Mike wants to push away from it so much. Now, now I'm like, oh, now, now I want to know. No, no, Listen, no, officer, no, there's no, nothing. No. There's no reason to look in that closet. Okay, very sorry. No, oh. it's all right. <laughs> Ignore the man behind the curtain. But it wasn't it had anything to do with him. Okay. So, okay. It sounds like an, it sounds like another mis- another misfire, another uh, inappropriate thing I said to somebody, but it wasn't them. So, Mike, when I put those uh, things like the doctor's warning thing, I put on YouTube. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, I do watch it. I did, do see it. Did you see Hamlet again? Yeah, I put up Hamlet on. Uh, you can see Hamlet and let's watch a full length movie on YouTube.blogspot.com for our OC and Stigs episode. That's right. That's yeah. Right. What about the um? The, the do the white thing and remember I used to say like Cowboy Carl calm down did you watch okay never mind <laughs> so if you want to go I, I remember that for years and I would reference it you <laughs> always kept quiet and I didn't understand that you forgot all about it oh uh, Cowboy Carl so uh, you can yeah. check out what we're talking about on YouTube on the Fishburgers channel has a bunch of clips from our it was 1980 1990 in 91. 90, oh, okay. Yeah. It was during the Quaid War, mostly. Uh, so, this movie, what are we going to make of it? I mean, we're already uh, an hour and four minutes into it, and it just seems like <clears throat> an episode of Madlock. Well, what we're looking at now, her blouse, yeah. that I, what I make of that, it says, look at my boobs. 
Well, I mean, she's also, yeah. She's got that Amazon thing going. Maybe she's an alien. Well, and anyone's going to look like an Amazon next to Mickey Rooney. That's uh, kind of the advantage. But her especially, she definitely looks like... She's a tall drink of water, and that, yeah, the, the shirt definitely accentuates the uh, the assets. <laughs> well, you know, dads have to be entertained during taking the kids to it. These movies, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be the only thing you would go to see in theater. They would play, like, you know, along with the cartoons and the newsreels and the feature... And there'll be a new Andy Hardy, you know. Yeah. And they had a lot of prom- promos. If, uh, if you have the opportunity to go through YouTube, they had a lot of PSAs. And uh, 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 let me see if I can find one. But the family would address the camera and they would talk about, you know, thank you for joining us here at the uh, uh, theater. They had a chain, <laughs> uh, chain of theaters. Actually, you know, let's, uh, I'm going to. Not that I didn't want to talk about my past, but I do want to play the uh, One of the Boys TV theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. 80s, 80s theme songs are, uh, they were just so fantastic right, and summing up. Okay, so I'm going to have to pause the other thing. So I'm glad. So there's an animation of Grandpa fleeing the retirement home. Mickey Rooney is... One of the boys. Starring Dana Carvey. Oh, he's so young. Nathan Lane. And they're all smiling at the camera. Francine Beers. And they're making that that 80s TV face like, oh, something's about to get crazy on this show. (laughs) Scamming Crothers. So the animation of him jumping into their new apartment. Sheffield University. Wow, that was uh, exciting. Let's see if uh, here's Dana Carvey and and uh, Nathan Lane talking about it. Oh, I don't think we're getting sound on this. I have uh, oh, come live with me in my off-campus apartment as we share comedic misadventures. <laughs> share what? Comedic misadventures. And uh, Nathan is my roommate. He doesn't like the idea of sharing his life with this man no. in, of the older the Mickey generation. Mickey Rooney. I play a traveling gynecologist who uh, comes to <laughs> right. visit uh, have Sturrocksville travel and never Oh, leave. please. <laughs> please what? Just please. Okay. <laughs> and We're uh, very I sorry, play folks. his college roommate, and I'm kind of... Uh, Upset that Mickey has yeah. been living with us for six months and it doesn't look like he's going to leave. And Scatman Crothers sounds funny already, huh? Scatman. <laughs> it does. Crothers uh, plays an old crony of his, and um, and that's when the fun begins. Yeah. We hope. Awesome. It's funny. That seems like that show could okay, have <laughs> possibly been bill. funny, but then something just didn't work. And so this is the first time I'm ever hearing about it. And Dana Carvey, of course, went on to become very famous. Nathan Lane has gone on to great success yeah, oh, in, sure. uh, in Broadway and other films. Um, and Francine Beers. She's been around, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, this was just, you know, a, a misfire that they aired the entire season of. But that was a pretty impressive interview. I'm going to have to repost that on, yeah. on that. I think they were, uh, you know, goofing around. Comedic Misadventures. I play a traveling gynecologist. 
Yeah, and that's what Nathan Lane said his character was on the TV show. Clip. Yeah, it's also fun to see Nathan Lane still being closeted. It's uh, it's always a good time. Yeah, I think he was trying too hard when he said that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all about the all about the ladies. That's what oh, that I'm all about. <laughs> when did he come out? He was, of course, in um, not La Caja Fall. The Birdcage. Birdcage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By then, uh, yeah, I don't think it was, it oh, no, was he, too hard yeah. to, uh, to figure it out. Like Kevin Spacey or uh, or who um, the guy who recently came out at age 70. Or, oh, Barry Manilow. Yeah, Barry Manilow. Of course, everyone knew Barry Manilow. But yeah. I, although I hated when people on Facebook and social media, like, I already knew Barry Manilow was gay. Like, just of give the guy credit for did. finally coming out. Like, hey, good, <laughs> for, good for you. Why do you got to bring it up? Yeah. yeah. Of course you did. Wow! Look at this. This is I, I. This is basically the only thing I'm going to remember about this movie is that he's really short and she's really <laughs> tall, and uh, they share the same scenes together and they dance together. No, you listen. This is Coffee Smith. Coffee Smith. Oh wow. He's going to be best man wearing a beanie. So he likes Kate? And he's upset by the wedding? This sounds like a good movie. We should watch it. We should have been probably watching it. Or we could watch The Wonder Boys. That is a nice car, yeah. But see, you put the... In front of a nice house. It's monographed. Monogrammed. Excuse me, not monographed. It says DK. Hey, what's this here? It says DK on it. Donkey Kong's car? It is a nice car. The cars were weird back then. They're all like one of a kind, limited edition cars. You better not be in there with my girl. <laughs> I'm here to watch you get married. Their hairstyles for the ladies took a long time to. Well, actually, his looks pretty. His looks pretty quaffed. quaffed. Yeah. Well, back then, ladies had to do their hair, cook dinner, and then empty out ashtrays. Like, that was pretty much their day. (laughs) I have to say, Andy Hardy does rock the bow tie. Like, for a very young gentleman, he looks really good with a bow tie. It makes me rethink. It makes me... It gets me tempted, which I would never do, but... I don't know how to... I know several knots on how to tie, like, a normal lengthy tie. I've never learned how to tie a bow tie. It takes a little bit of doing, but it, it can be done. I'm sure you can find a tutorial on YouTube yeah. on how to do it. That's everything now and everything I have to fix, even on my car. I just go to YouTube first and like, how to fix... Hi, I'm the bow tie guy. And here's a tip on how yeah. to tie a bow tie. Okay. We want to give a bow tie. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. If you really enjoyed my bow tie, check out over the bow tie thing. And by liking and subscribing, by clicking here and there. And If you want to see more videos about... I love how all those people on YouTube uh, start out almost every video with, as you may know... Like, no, I don't know anything about you. I, I don't care. You're just another person on YouTube. Although my niece and I, my niece and my two nephews uh, love watching like unboxing videos oh, yeah. for toys and stuff. And so I'm looking at their iPad with them as they're like looking at some of these. Some of those videos have millions of views. And then I look at my YouTube page with my stand-up. Yeah. And like my biggest one has like 1,200 views. I'm like, oh, God, I should just kill myself right now. I should quit stand-up and just kill myself. We should be unboxing. 1, I think 1,200 
good. First stand up act? Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? 1200? Yeah, but that's that's like nothing. That's our, there's a comma in there. I know in the real world it's nothing, but. Yeah. I like to look at my six views and go, it's probably about 20, really. Yeah. It just doesn't register, you know, not every view registers. The other 14 probably didn't register. And there's part of me, like five or six years ago, I heard about some uh, Bay Area comic who was getting their numbers up on YouTube by they would just sit there with the mute, with the sound off while they're watching something else on TV, but they have a laptop next him and they just keep hitting F5 oh. to refresh it so after like because after like five or six minutes of a seven to ten minute video it just gives you that that you had a view so they just hit Credit. F5 to refresh and they just so they would just sit there and do that for hours and hours while they were watching TV or doing whatever and they got their views up to like tens of thousands of views that's like people who have like a hundred followers like hundred thousand followers on, on Twitter it's like yeah you know like and you look at it, and it's just all bots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a service. Like, there's an article in the New York Times about how an uproar the New York comic paid to have uh, bots follow him on Twitter. So it looked like he had a huge following, but it was all purchased followers. And his argument is like, why not? I Do people really give a shit about Twitter followers anymore? I've, I don't know anymore. But, yeah, in general, because they'll say, like, are you a real comedian? And they'll look at your Twitter page. Yeah. And they'll see I, if it's verified. They'll see if you have thousands of followers. And it does with comedy-wise, with At Midnight and all that shit. There is kind of a culture going on. Yeah. I have had bookers ask me how many Twitter followers and how many Instagram followers I have. Yeah, Instagram, too. Right. And, uh, yeah, that has. And uh, for festival submissions, too, I've had people ask that. So, yeah, I guess that is a is a factor. Well, I'm proud of all 920 of my, my Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've always felt like Twitter's been around since 08, you know, and I, I kind of was early on that one. And, and I'll see my numbers increase and I'll see my numbers decrease. And I'm always like, ah, it's a slow chase. You know, it'll take me like, you know, a while to get another 100. And I'm okay with that. And now I'm like, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, the president ruined Twitter and uh, I don't really have time anymore. I barely, I don't participate in it. Like I go on Twitter and I like, I will shoot like three or four jokes off on it. But I've been, I've been steadily like decreasing my social media activity oh. just because I'm like, I realize how angry I was getting when I'm walking around. And people are staring at their phones, and I was like, well, but I'm still doing it. So I decided I'm going to make more of a of an effort to like, I will have a yeah. window during the day when I will actively pay attention to my phone or when I know my wife might try to get a hold of me or whatever that I'm expecting a call then I keep it handy but like when I get home then I have a, a tablet that I use to watch like Netflix and Hulu and all that that's attached so I can use it with my Chromecast to watch stuff on TV but I deleted all my social media and email off of that tablet so nothing's popping up it's just that's huh. yeah, I use it for YouTube Hulu and uh, Netflix on my TV it's a remote. yeah exactly and but that's I keep I put my phone on a charger in the bedroom so it's not even there so I'm not even paying attention to it so it's like okay I'm watching a movie and that is what I'm doing and I'm not going to like I'm I'm bored for 30 seconds so let's see what's happening on social media and it has made me more difficult to get a hold of and right. I, I miss stuff or I, people are like hey what's are you want to come do a set tonight and I, I just I'm not paying attention so I miss stuff but on the other hand I'm much more well rested and I've I've caught up on on several shows that I hadn't had a chance to watch well one of the things I do your your social media presence uh, there Drew Harmon 
What is your Twitter uh, handle? Well, let's get some. It's just at, in there. it's at Drew Harmon. All right. Uh, and I also have a website, uh, DrewHarmon.com, which I just I just paid to renew the domain for the next two years. So right. uh, there so it is. There you go. You exist. But you wanted to be around. Yeah. I do enjoy uh, your your forays on Twi- uh, Tumblr. I thought like uh, you had a burger blog and you had a personal blog and you had a stand-up blog. And yeah, you had I had a lot a, of editorializing, a lot of actual like thought pieces that, in there that was that were good. And they did. They ended up getting having like no impact. I think I had like one uh, Tumblr blog thing that I did that got spread quite a bit. The the San Francisco Burger blog I did through Tumblr got very popular for a while, and it actually yeah. got me a uh, it had got me a development deal with a travel show, like a company that specializes very in nice. doing travel shows. Yeah, it was really nice, and we were kind of going through the process and getting ready to shoot a pilot. Um, and then one, the company just ran out of money, and they just stopped existing. So that was a that was oh, a fun, that's too bad. yeah, that was a fun hit. Like, well, they, didn't your your blog had a sponsorship with a car company? Right? Yeah, we had a sponsorship with General Motors for a while, and we did a uh, promotional thing where they they brought a bunch of brand new Chevy cars, and we drove around in San Francisco getting filmed. Yeah, and we went to these different burger places, but we we ended up they had to do it on a pretty limited budget. So we uh, we did the whole thing in one day, and we hit three or four different burger restaurants in one day and they oh god and they want it and so it, it seems like it's not going to be that bad and like okay we're going to spend 12 hours shooting this and driving around by the end they're still it's that video is on youtube but there's a couple of shots in there where i'm like i've had three hamburgers at that point because then they want to shoot you getting the bite and so like you're taking a bite and then we would go to some places and they would uh they would have chevy would have arranged it so there's a ton of burgers uh-huh and they want they don't want you to be like finishing off the burger so you end up eating like one and a half two burgers just in doing like the first or second bite as they're taking a shot um so this was a video right so it was like a youtube video it's on youtube yeah, yeah. it ended up on youtube and it was a promotional thing we're, like we're they were watching this after this okay yeah um and it's it's on my uh on my site on drewharman.com okay. there's some, uh, there's go, some stuff, I'll, get, but, I'll prep it but uh yeah it was a lot of fun and uh the site did pretty well and then I just kind of it was with a group of people that uh, I was working with at a TV station here in the Bay Area at the time and then as time goes on at a TV station people just kind of leave or move on to different stations stuff like that and so we just kind of uh, it stopped being easy to get everyone together and so we just kind of stopped and then the last time I went to go check it because it was just on a, it was just San Francisco burger blog.tumblr.com and I went, and someone else poached the site. They poached the domain, so I wow. still have I still oh. have copy of the reviews and stuff. Yeah, I think you have to scroll. Yeah, Burgers, it's that Burgers, bottom Burgers, one right there. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's you know what? Let's watch it right now. Well, let me see how much time we have in this movie. This movie completely kibosh, but we still have uh, some movies. So let's go ahead. Here is Burgers, 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 and you can find this at DrewHarmon.com. Uh, Wait, is that the bottom? Yep. Yeah, it's the one at the very bottom. It says Burgers. Yeah, I'm going to patch it in. Oh, I have to turn off this movie. Yeah. I'm Drew Harmon from the San Francisco Burger Blog. We're going to today. We're going to Francisco. We're going to find not two, but three of It's a little choppy here. Why don't we pause it for a second? Yeah, we'll why don't you pause that. it and let it buffer? Okay, so here we are. You're at City Hall, which absolutely has no good burger places. <laughs> yeah, we started at City Hall, and then we went over to the Embarcadero. Um, I know I'm drawing a blank on the name of the spot. Oh, is it the, the – I like that place in the Ferry Building? 
not at the ferry building. We've done, we did a review of that place. We did like 30 reviews and I wrote everything. I took all the pictures um, and the reviews ended up being like 2,000, 2,500 word essays. Yeah, they were good. And they were, they were very in depth and they had all, all these themes and everything. And someone, uh, someone put it into some analyzer of like, if this were written, if this had if this had to be compared to some author, who would it be? Uh-huh. And it was the guy who wrote Infinite Jest. Was oh, the, the uh, yeah? Uh, oh, the guy from uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother, Jason Siegel. Right? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and and I took his. I I had uh, only he read. Was, he was interviewed by Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. But um, yeah, I'd only read at that point of his work the uh, a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. Oh, I've, I've read that. And that's a that's a great book. I've uh, I have a copy of Infinite Jest, and I've started it three times. But the thing that stopped me from ever keep going is I took it to a coffee shop once uh-huh. and uh, could not bear to be. I felt like everyone was looking at me like, "Look at this guy reading Infinite Jest. Look at this douchebag just sitting in a coffee shop with his twelve hundred page book. What a what a dolt!" And I just uh, couldn't do it anymore. You're OG. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. read it at home, or you got to read it on a tablet. Which you got you to be 15 and then go to the coffee shop. Yeah. All right, best of tour. I'm Armin from the San Francisco Burger Blog. We're teaming up with Chevrolet today. We're going to take a tour around San Francisco. We're going to find not one, not two, but three of the best burgers in San Francisco. So where was that place? Oh, I'm going to keep it playing, I guess. So here we go. Best We're of chores. We're going to have 15 uh, social media bloggers and non-automotive press that aren't used to our products. What we're going to do is combine burgers with vehicles, <laughs> and we're going to have a great time. With the you guys are hanging out in City Hall. Oh, no, I love it. Products, I saw a naked woman uh, getting photographed on the street outside. She was painted, like they were painting her. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're going to find out what, you know, what the new renaissance in Chevrolet is all about. Really is a telephone like call in the background? Phone call? Are, are the best of the San Francisco All right. Offer. Is that true? You go to Steve's uh, Hamburger, Steve's is, uh, Pizza? North Beach? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nowhere in North Beach. Oh, here we go. Red's Java House, of course. Which yeah, is Red's, Red's was, was, yeah, it was the first spot we did that. That's the best for... This is such a great idea. You know, honestly, I'm going to... Malibu was a great ride. All right, while your friend talks about the Chevy Malibu, uh, let's talk about Red's Java House. Red's Java House is a classic. I mean, Oh, yeah, it's it's like a classic, basic burger. But it's, it, I mean, like the meats, there's nothing special. That's, that's a frozen patty. But the, the bread is like, it, the bread's got a good consistency. It's got a little chewiness to it. It's super chewy. Like, yeah. If, if you get a, the trick is to get a double burger, double cheeseburger, you could do the bun, but you don't you don't have to do the roll. You could ask for a bun, yeah, and then you don't have to plow through. That bread is insanely chewy, but that, but I like it. I yeah. like chewy. Sometimes, like the nice thing uh, with San Francisco burgers is that you can get like you can have like Reds is on the cheaper side, yeah, very basic, but it's good. It's a, especially the double burger. You definitely got to do the double. Um, and we went to when the when the blog still was going on. We would go to like we went to a couple of like corner stores out in the sunset and stuff like that um since this the domain got poached i actually have copies of all of the reviews on uh, google docs oh, and i idea. bought the san francisco burger blog.com domain and i just haven't done anything with it because it's i would like to rebuild it and have it be a, a thing again because that actually out of everything i've ever done that got the most hits and even <laughs> when we stopped doing it we had like 30 reviews 
I would never pay attention. We had uh, ads on the site. And then once every six months or so, I'd get a notification that, by the way, your account, you need to do something with this. And I would have a few hundred dollars from ads that I had forgotten was even a thing. Uh, it, It would get tens of thousands of hits a month just because I was smart enough by accident to put San Francisco burger and blog and people would search for that. So it would come up first of like, well, I'm going to San Francisco and I like burgers. Let's see if there's a blog about it. I, I just nailed it by accident on that. Well, one. I, I live in San Francisco and I think the best burger is at Red Chava house. Oh, well, let yeah. me see what the burger blog. Oh, thinks. and the, the mail I would get, I've had a, I had a, an email address that I, it was a San Francisco burger blog at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And I would only check it sporadically. The stuff I would get from people of like critique, Peaking. I was the the rating system was completely off the top of my head. It was all nonsense, and the whole thing was just like here's an excuse to read a very lengthy bit of prose about burgers, and here's some food porn uh, with it taken with a decent camera. And there were some pretty girls on it because I was working at a TV station. We had a couple of weather girls that were on the on the thing. So then they're coming with us. And it's like, here's a very attractive woman biting into a hamburger. And it was, it, yeah, the whole thing worked clickbait. out great. Yeah, it was total, total clickbait. When people were like, yeah, I feel like your review, you gave it a 10.2 out of 14.8 rating. It would be that nonsensical. And they would complain about the rating. What's, what's the email address again for our listeners? They don't agree. That I... Don't use it anymore. If you you can send it to San Francisco Burger Blog at gmail.com. I don't even know if it still works. Um, but you can find my email address if you'd like to know more about all that. Or there's still a Facebook uh, page for the San Francisco right, Burger Blog. That sounds good. They still have some of the reviews there too. Well, let's. Uh, we we're almost at the end of this movie. Uh, Andy's talking to his dad, uh, Judge. He's Carvel High is H I. That's the sign of his pendant. He's, At the end, he just starts worshiping Satan. I think he's upset that he, is, that he has a crush on a girl who's getting married. His dad's giving him a speech. I guess. I have no idea. I'm so bummed. All we know is love laughed at him. Love, Courtney Love laughs at Andy Hardy. <laughs> I guess I could still do that joke. It would have been better if love find, Courtney Love finds Andy Hardy. <laughs> And oh, the, make me over. So Andy Hardy, he was—he uh, used to sleep on the couch, and his wife would throw rolling pins at him, and he had his own flavored uh, potato chips. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's Andy Cap. Uh, Andy Cap. <laughs> Andy Cap. That was a terrible uh, comic strip, as I recall. The Lockhorns. Never... He uh, no, that wasn't. Lo- was it the Lockhorns? No, was it the? Same? The Lockhorns was a different comic strip. It was when I was a kid, I would always I would read the. There's I would read bits of, of the paper idea. and then read the the comic strip at the end of the of my newspaper. Andy Camp was always a drunk guy in Ireland, or right? Yeah. Oh, and look. He would wear the. Yeah. You go. Yeah. The uh, look at you know my class because of the hat I'm wearing. It's. I miss those days when when alcoholics were were funny. That uh, is now, if someone's an alcoholic, they're either like a recovering alcoholic in the story arc. If you meet them and they're recovered, they don't drink anymore. Then the arc is going to be they're going to falter oh, and then yeah, redeem well. themselves in the third act. Right. Or you meet them and they're a drunk and it's sad. And then they at, towards the yeah sec, towards the end of the second act, then they're like I'm going to quit drinking and they they shoot back I'll up. I'll help you. Yeah, exactly. So we need no acts. Yeah. Yeah. But like 
like Jimmy Durante back in the day. He was a raging drunk who looked like a raging drunk, and yet he was he became a he became like, hey, let's have that drunk be the guy who's going to be the uh, the the narrator in all these Christmas specials. It was fantastic. Oh, he just got a telegraph to try to delete. Yeah, it's funny how, like, the guy at the Western Union office just watched him crumple up a telegraph he handed him and throw it on the floor. He doesn't say anything. Right. Yeah, Don't worry. We'll sleep up later. Yeah. yeah. It took me 20 that's minutes to, right. to tape the ticker to that piece of paper, but that's all right. Just, I, he got paid anyway. Like, what does he care? Yeah, that's true. It's not like they put those telegraphs in the recycle bin afterwards anyway. I wonder what happened to all the telegraph employees when that went away. At some point, and it went away before texting. Like it seems like that should have remained a thing. Western Union just longer. does money, money transfers, but then they yeah. they phased out the telegraph thing. I guess ten years ago, fifteen years ago, like officially stopped doing yeah. telegraphs. I that's a, it's upsetting because I didn't I never I didn't know it was still a thing. Yeah, it would have been fun to send one telegraph in your life, just just one. That's true. That would be kind of cool, and it would be like please, and then the stop, and you know, yes. like or okay, Carl, I'm gonna send you a telegraph. And you're tell- the telegraph will and they'll say this, Carl, ignore previous telegraph. <laughs> zing, zing, zing. <laughs> Just one telegraph to a friend of like, uh, to, to Brian, stop. You smell like farts, stop. <laughs> the end, stop. Uh, just, just, just to do it once in my life. They, well, because like, I don't have no idea how money uh, transferring and that whole credit world works i think dubious comes to mind and shady comes to mind yeah but i wouldn't know so but i would figure that they make money hands off a of fist transferring money then they do telegraph so they i'm the sure they do just yeah. as, a, as a sake but well i think yeah i think there's a relatively steep fee especially especially for international money transfers yeah. which i feel like is where most i i know my in-laws are filipino and they will transfer money to their family in the philippines and there's a there's a charge for that. So but, th- yeah, so I could see like, well, you know, we're known for telegraphs originally, but now that we make so much money doing the finance, we could still keep the telegraph. And then they finally said, you know, it's pointless. Yeah, no one's no one's yeah. using the telegraph. Like once texting became prevalent, emails even. Yeah, even yeah, email is. Yeah, but texting, huge. you're absolutely right. Like texting an email kind of just alleviated, which is a shame because I always do like movies where they're like, telegraph for Mr. Rudy. <laughs> You know, and they would have to they have to hire a man to wear like an outfit uniform to go walk into places. Oh, they're doing a dance. Oh, Andy. Email ruined my ma- my letters to you. Yeah, because you used to send me a lot of great letters, but you sent me a lot of good, uh, great emails. I still try and send letters. I have a handful of friends that I'll try and write letters to, and some of them used to. I think I'm the only one in my my social group, my old social group, that still bothers to uh, send to letters. send letters. But once in a while, because they all have kids, I don't have kids, so like every once in a while, I'll just sit down, and like I'm gonna take an hour and just write like three or four letters and put them in an envelope and drop yeah. them in the mail, <laughs> and uh, and then I'll get like a week later, I'll get a text and like, hey, thanks for the letter, that was funny or nice to nice to get a letter, because hey. all I ever get in the mail are bills. Yeah, right. Like yeah. yeah, or like junk mail. And ads. P- p- campaign stuff. Okay, so this is it. The movie's wrapping up, guys. After this, you and Mom won't have to worry about me anymore. After this, when you tell me something, I'll have sense enough to listen. Well, here's quite an addition to your collection. Yes, Isabel gave this to me. I know that Aunt Melly put all of these pictures over here just to kid me. 
bad. We have a larger piano. Oh, that won't be necessary, Dad. You're talking to the new Andrew Hart. Oh, Isabella's a swell girl. They're all swell girls, but my past... Oh, there's... Uh, Did you notice Judy Garland in Lana Turner? Oh, really? She was one of the girls in there? Five and then more studying up until midnight. So the frame picture of all the girls he's in love with. Never get involved with women again. That's the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help. Never get involved with women again. He promised and then the portrait of uh, George Washington collapsed. Who could never tell a lie. The Special Academy Award uh, series. They have like the Oscar there. That that movie's not Oscar worthy at all. did win something. I have it written down here. For, Um, For which movie? Uh, it's for the series. Uh, here it is. Yeah. Right, it was tight. It was quiet. The San Francisco. <laughs> oh, in 1942, the, series the San Francisco. An award certificate from the Oscar ceremonies for achievement in representing the American way of life. Oh, so what the Aryan. As we enter World War II in 1942. Uh, yeah, it's like what that, they just make that up just to like give them yeah. an award. It's a made up. So I wonder if this movie Love Laughs at Andy Handy was during the World War II then, because it wasn't a film that we the expected. The one we just saw. Yeah, and because that's why he's in the military. Maybe I don't know. Let's that's, see. Well, when the trucks were rolling by, I was thinking this is pre World War II, and I was like. Isn't that interesting that they're showing it in a film? I guess, you know, it wasn't just propaganda back in the... But that should have clued me off that people were watching the wrong film. <laughs> Not the first time. Love Laughs at Andy Hardy was in 1946. Oh, so, so yeah, he could be... Oh. So that explains why he's in uniform, because yeah. the war is over and he's safe. And he can... That's right. Back home after two years of military service, Andy Hardy anticipates returning to college and his girlfriend. But he didn't really get his girlfriend. And Gene, so, God, that's a shame. Well, that's not what we just watched. Yeah, or, and it was released on Christmas Day of 1946. Oh, terrific, which is part of my belief that bad movies are released on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. And we do have an episode uh, of special... We uh, did an uh, episode on Christmas Day last year, and uh, we watched 39 trailers of movies that were on Christmas Day, and they were all terrible. So yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> so there's another one for you. So uh, I have to say... Do you guys like burgers? I'm Drew Harmon from the San Francisco Burger Blog. We're teaming up with Chevrolet today. We're going to take a tour around San Francisco. We're going to find not one, not two, but three of the best burgers. Oh, in San that delivery. Francisco. Oh, man, that guy was sharp. Uh, so good. sharp. Someone got to get that guy a development deal. Uh, social media bloggers. But first, here's the social media director of GM. It is good, yeah. GM I mean, was GM. They so they gave me. They didn't give me, but they loaned me um, the brand new Camaro for about a month, which was a lot of fun to drive around in. And then when I moved a couple of years later, uh, I had just been emailing back and forth with uh, the social media guy because he was moving on. Yeah, to, he was going somewhere else. And uh, I said, "Well, I gotta. I'm uh, I'm packing up. I'm moving to a new place." He said, "Hey, why don't you come? Just why don't you come grab?" one of our brand new trucks that we have like we keep a handful of these vehicles just for for whatever wow. why don't you come get this truck and just keep it for a week or two until you're done moving so they gave me a truck for free 
to drive uh, to move. So I moved everything with a truck. So Gia, they were fan. They was uh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. So we're not against the media. We like them, these guys, and they want to sponsor me. It's it's cheap. Uh, I've had a couple of sponsorships uh, here and there, and I got to say, fantastic experience every time. I will. uh, If someone wants to drop an email in my inbox and like, hey, we'll give you this much money to to do something that's completely complete sellout. Yeah. Yeah. Drew M Harmon at gmail.com whatever you want to want me to endorse uh, I'm I'm happy to do it because every time it's been a good experience we're halfway through the burger blog so here we are at Red Java House which I do agree it's one of the best and then the other one of course is Steve's in North Beach which is uh, right that's a it's not one of my it's a great it's a great like greasy burger I yeah. do enjoy Steve's I wouldn't say it's one of the favorites do you like strangers talking politics to you while you're waiting for your food Oh God! Oh, that's my that's my favorite. If I well, could just I get that every Steve's time, yeah. North Beach. Yeah, that place is really small and it is very colorful. All right, here we go. This is such a great idea. Put people behind the wheel. Malibu was a great ride. It was tight. It was quiet. The interior was nicely appointed. This isn't Drew. like the incredibly simple map system. That isn't Drew either. That's some weird guy. Yeah, they. So I was the kind of the the organizer of the whole thing, and then they got a handful of other bloggers. So this this place oh. is closed, right? This is the San Francisco yeah, cable Joe's, car place. Joe's Joe's cable car. Yeah. The guy, it's like a the like a punk rock uh, integrity kind of thing. Like he decided he wanted to stop the business. He put it up for sale. Didn't feel like anybody that was interested was going to put the same care because he he ground everything fresh that day. Uh, it was a super. It was a very expensive burger, but everything was was the flavors were amazing. And after he kind of got the the idea in his head that no one's going to do it as well as I did, he just closed it down. Yeah, just which, he just retired and closed the place down. Wow, I never that's had a integrity. chance. Integrity. Yeah, yeah, that was that's uh, that was uh, something to be admired because he could have sold it for a, a pretty good stack of cash, and the name would have kept the place going for a couple of years at least because they they had other Food Network spots and travel shows that would go there as like one of the best burgers on the yeah, West Coast. Yeah, sure. And we, well, just the fact that they would grind their own meat. I saw I saw Food Network driving his eyes go there, but yeah. they, they did their own meat. They had windows there. It was a weird, you know, old-shaped uh, building, yeah. uh, burger building, and uh, yeah, and it was out of the way, too. It was, was kind of a strange location, so it's, uh, yeah, it was... That was a good spot, and it was kind of a shame to see it go. I made sure to go and have one last burger there before they closed down, but uh, right, yeah, so I missed that one. So here you are, Drew, at at the place. Hey, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Hey, I had tears in my eyes, tears of joy. That's a great car. Yeah, I do. I thought you that's... would notice. All right, so that's two burger joints. Where's the third one? Third one's out. They wanted to go from the Embarcadero all the way to Ocean Beach. So, yeah, I went to the Seabreeze Cafe, which is not a, not the best burger, but it was uh, out there. It was pretty decent. Oh, that's cool. Wait, is that in the wharf? No, no, that one's over by Ocean Beach. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, man, get that guy some development money yeah, that's, look at right that. now. Oh, man, he's crushing it. <laughs> and he drives a car. Oh, it peels away in a Camaro. I had a sponsor. You did? What was his name? Yeah, but he he, he fell off the wagon. <laughs> They'll do he that sometimes. Get that yeah, uh, I heard you had a deal on uh, HBO. <laughs> I heard you had yeah, a Yeah, my sponsor got me a deal on HBO. He was he um he he you know, we stole it from the neighbor. <laughs> Uh, Carl, hey Carl, I'm so glad you're here co-hosting the show. Uh, where can people find you? 
well, people can't find me for a while. Until May 8th, I'll be at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. But, of course, you know, the same old boring gig every Wednesday. Come down to Persephone. I'm got, you guys are often in Persephone, New Jersey, right? Right. Hollering Tavern, doing an open mic. So come on down. That sounds so cool. Carl, I just want to clarify to both you guys because there was a moment where I used to be, I used to say really mean, stupid things. And uh, I said something really stupid to someone and I lost friendship over it. And I kind of changed my ways on that after that. So that's what you were talking about. It had nothing to do with Olivia, uh, Olivia Dukakis or... Louise Orridge or their kids, uh, but it was someone else. So I hadn't, I didn't realize someone else knew that story. So that's what happened during this <laughs> podcast. It wasn't that I don't want to talk about it, but I didn't, I forgot that I had told somebody about it. So when you were saying like, "Hey, remember when you said that?" That was like a great regret in my life, and I, I lost uh, a friendship. I did over. not know that, Mike. Is that, but no, that's what's funny. So this show is live, so I, I didn't know how to react. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I'm happy to tell the story later. But it was just basically just don't be jerks to people. Yeah, for I, sure. I said something kind of nasty to somebody about their mom and. And I lost a friendship over, and ever since then I've kind of tried to walk a different path in life. And so, uh, anyway, that's yeah, right, yeah. So that that kind of well, kills Mike, everything. I just want to say once again, like um, when you told it to me, like I did not know that was. So I don't know why I associated. I'm, I'm kind of by way of apologizing. Oh no, no, it's I fine. Really didn't know. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's funny. It's I, I'm happy to get to the fill in the details later, and uh, maybe I'll even bring it up here. You have to listen to every episode uh, for the confession. <laughs> it's like Mad Men. You got to start from the beginning yeah, and just man. go yeah. all the way through. You, the entire you might show. miss something. I'm gonna like in the middle of the movie Don't just be like. Miss. If the person was this and then we'll continue with the movie anyway so anyway I want to thank you guys so much for being part of Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T on iTunes and MutinyRadio.fm uh, support MutinyRadio.fm check out their live shows check out their podcasts go pick a podcast and listen to it uh, and check out my podcast which is called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com YouTube and Blogspot are owned by Google I want to see how long I could keep this URL uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah that's about it uh, thank you guys so much I hope to hear from you guys soon uh, come come listen to us again next uh, episode and uh, thank you Drew thank you very much yeah. oh and catch me uh, let's see next Saturday the 15th of April I will be at uh, Red Rocks in Mountain View California uh, the 19th I will be at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento and then I will be at 222 Hyde in downtown San Francisco oh I like that on, uh, yeah it's a great spot at uh, Saturday the 20th Second of you know, April. So you've done enough. You t- you plugged your website, your email. Address. That's what this is all about, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not I'm not here just for the for the hugs and the, the movie, and the good Andy times Hardy, and the, yeah and to get on in, Andy Hardy. Yeah. I know you got some listeners, so uh, yeah, come on out, check uh, check me out and all that good stuff. And then uh, working on uh, getting some dates set up for Michigan and the East Coast uh, coming oh, up. Very soon. nice. Yeah. All right. Well, it's yeah. cool. That gives Michigan and the East Coast time to move. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out of the way, man. <laughs> Look out. All right, well, thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys soon, and uh, here's Carl's theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Good talking to you. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love.
follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. You're probably wondering, should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. 
Well, why that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question? absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Tuesdays. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! <laughs> the dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. This is a story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Sick Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Sick Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. You're standing on my neck. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. And she slapped Johnny 